It's almost fall and the football season is nearly upon us. Coaches getting ready to play to their team's strengths. Should we be doing the same with our kids on this episode of Live Happy Now? The ancient Greeks defined happiness as the joy you feel moving towards your potential. To think about positive psychology, it's a science. And it's actually younger than the Internet, believe it or not. The reality is that social connection is, in the research, the greatest predictor we have of long-term happiness. You have some factors in your control that can promote the health and resilience and growth of your absolutely most important asset, which is your brain. And so it all comes down to understanding ourselves. There's a way for all of us to succeed, but, but it might take different things. We're all looking for the same thing, and that's a way to bring a little bit more joy to our day. Join us as we look at the many different paths that lead us to that happy place. This is Live Happy Now. Hello and greetings. Welcome to Season 3 of the Live Happy Now podcast. I'm your host, J.R. Houston. Thrilled that you are making us a part of your day once again, wherever you are in the world. However you may be listening, we are just appreciative that you are taking us along with you. We are back for yet another season. This time we've got a radio show behind us that is airing in Dallas-Fort Worth on 98.7 K-Love. You can also pick it up on radio.com by searching KLUV 98.7 in the Dallas area and, uh, you know, Maybe if there's a local radio station you think we would fit on, you could call them and say, hey, this would be a good show. We wouldn't exactly say no to that. We are so thrilled to be able to bring you some of the most compelling guests that can help you put the practices into place that will make you a happier person, including our guest this week, Lee Waters, an Australian positive psychology expert and educator who specializes in positive education, parenting, and organizations. Her first book, The Strength Switch, How the New Science of Strength-Based Parenting Can Help Your Child and Your Teen Flourish, shows how focusing on our children's strengths rather than trying to correct their weaknesses may be the key in raising a resilient, optimistic, and successful child. We're always looking for ways to make our kids tougher and better, right? This may be the way. Paula Phelps, our science editor, talked with Lee on a Skype call to talk about what parents can do to help their children flourish. Leah, I really appreciate you joining us this morning. Uh, you've you've had so much to say about character strengths, and I've heard you talk about it in terms of use in the classroom. And so we're excited about this new book that you have. And first of all, can you explain what strength-based parenting is? For sure. And that's a lovely place to start. Thank you for the question. Um, look, strength-based parenting, it's really just an approach to parenting where we seek to help our children make the most of and maximize the, the skills, the talents, the positive qualities that they already have, rather than seeking to sort of compensate for what they lack or what's missing or what they don't have. It's really about playing, playing with what they're born with, playing with the strengths that they came into this world with. And um, it's a shift in focus. So, you know, as you said, the, the title of the book is called The Strength Switch. And, and what I'm asking parents to do is just switch or shift their focus so that their focus is first on building up the strengths that their children do have before we seek to fix weakness. Well, that brings up another question. Uh, you know, obviously at Live Happy, we focus a lot on character strengths. For many parents, strengths yeah. might be an entirely new area. How do they start identifying strengths and, and how do they start learning how to cultivate those strengths? Yeah, look, another great question. And I, I just want to pick up on the, the observation that you made. I think that that's very true that um, for many of us as parents, we strengths 
the idea of strength does not come naturally to us. And and there's two reasons for that. Um, partly, it's partly to do with biology and the way that our brain is wired. And it, it's partly to do with society and the way that we were raised uh, from, you know, the, a couple of generations ago, the way our parents were raised as well. So, I mean, the biology behind this is that the neuroscientists are now showing us that our brains have an inbuilt negativity bias. And what I mean by that is that at a subconscious level, it doesn't matter how optimistic you are, it doesn't matter if you're the happiest person in the world, at a subconscious level, our attention will always be grabbed first by the negative things in our environment in contrast to the positive. And the evolutionary psychologists are telling us that, that the reason that that has become hardwired into our brain, this negativity bias, is that it gave our species a survival advantage, meaning that those um, those of our ancestors who were out on the savannah who had an ability to quickly detect in their environment, there's a problem, there's an error, something's not right here, um, something's negative. They were the members of the tribe who were able to step out of harm's way and therefore survive. So are you and, saying it was better to be able to spot the lion that's attacking than the beautiful sunset? <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, that's a perfect example of it. And um, and so we all have this inbuilt negativity bias. It's a really essential feature, not only for the survival of our species, but also just for our everyday survival. It's it's the feature in our brain that makes us have just that little bit of a pause before we're about to step onto the street. Um, and we, we, we might put our foot out onto the, the road or the street and then quickly put it back onto the footpath because we've recognized there's a car that's about to come around the corner. So it's a great feature for us in terms of ensuring our survival. It's not, it's not the best feature as a parent because, <laughs> um, you know, you, you can't help but your brain is negatively geared towards, it's gearing towards where's the error, where's the problem, what do I need to fix in my child? Uh, so our brains are working us against, against us in the first place in terms of your initial um, observation, Paula, that, for many parents, we don't think about strengths first. And I also think there is just a broader societal trend. You know, for most of us, we were raised by a generation and then our parents were raised by a generation um, as well before that of really coming from an unquestioned idea that improvement is a process of minimizing weakness. It's an, impro it's a, it's an improvement. Yeah, sorry, it's a process of fixing what is wrong with us. I mean, you tell me, Paula, what comes to your mind when I when you hear the expression "area for improvement"? Do you naturally? Oh, just it's everything that you're doing wrong. Like I can fix <laughs> it. It is. It's you know we can fix this, this, and this. Yeah, um, you're um, right. And so, I mean, this has been this kind of unquestioned assumption in our society that improvement is a process of fixing weakness. And I think one of the biggest gifts that the science of positive psychology has given to us in the last almost two decades is that it's really expanded our notion or our understanding of this process of improvement. And it's been able to show us that improvement isn't just about correcting what is wrong with us, but that we can also improve on what is right with us. And that's really at the core of strength-based parenting is playing to your strengths. Because the thing is, if we are always looking at our child for what's lacking, what's missing, they need extra tutoring, they, they need better manners, they need to be more patient. Um, we're always starting with our child at their lowest possible baseline. And you can invest so much time, so much energy, so much effort, uh, and the best you're ever really going to hope to achieve is to um, 
get them up from kind of a weak point to to about average. Removing their weaknesses is the best you can hope to achieve when you when that's your definition or you know implicit assumption of what improvement is. But in contrast, if we shift our attention, if we take take this strength switch, and we place more of our attention on our children at their best, on, at their where, you know when they're displaying their strengths, their skills, their uh, positive qualities, their talents then our energy and our effort is working with their children at their highest baseline. And when you invest time in improving what's already good in your children, that's when they really start to thrive. Well, you know, this is something that makes so much sense in theory, but mm-hmm. I'm not a parent, but I know parents. <laughs> and and it, it makes so much sense, but how does it work? How do you put it in practice? Because so many of these things are going to be most instrumental in the heat of the moment. You know, mm-hmm. we're when you need to be at your best is usually when you're at your worst, you know, you're, you're, (laughs) there's a lot of tension. Your teen is throwing a tantrum and uh, you know, all these things are going on and that's when it it seems like this would be the best opportunity. So how does this, how do you learn to, to integrate this as a natural part of your parenting toolkit? Mm, Yeah. Such a, again, such a, a great question and a good insight. And, there's sort of two ways to answer that. I think in the, the, the and they're both about integrating, um, you know, going back to that idea that our brains have this inbuilt negativity bias. That's a pattern. You know, our brains are a pattern to look first for what can go wrong before we look for what could go right. But we can train our brains. That's the interesting thing. And so the, a lot of the work that I do with parents and um, a lot of the exercises and tips and techniques and activities in the book are really just about teaching us as parents how to re-pattern, how to retrain our brain so that every time we practice doing that, it becomes easier for us to look first for the strengths rather than the weaknesses. And that the more we do that, the more we're also patterning our children's brains. So they start to see their own strengths and the strengths of their friends. And guess what? The strengths of their parents first before they see the weakness. To get into some you know, more specifics about how do we do that, there's sort of the two broad approaches. You know, One is when, when life is going well, when you're having a good day or a good moment with your children, um, when you see good behavior, is just to start asking yourself this very simple question, and that is, you know, what is the strength that sits underneath that behavior? So let's say you've got an example of um, your two children who are getting along really well and they're sharing their food or they're sharing their toys with each other. Is We would know as parents, you know, good practice is to praise that and to say thanks for sharing. The strength-based approach, it just adds that additional layer and that is you asking yourself, what is the strength that sits underneath this behavior? And so you would say, thank you for sharing. That was very kind of you, or that was very fair of you. And what you're doing with that, just that additional strength-based lens is you're teaching your child that the reason why they're engaging in this good behavior is because they have this internal resource. They have this strength inside of them that's motivating them to be a good person. And so what happens over time is that you don't have to keep being that external um, mechanism, the parent who's, you know, externally validating good behavior because the, the, the child just learns that this is coming from a place from within. So that's a, that's what you're doing when life goes well. You know, there's a reality to parenting. Um, and I know I myself, I have a 14 and a half year old son and a 10 year old daughter. And I mean, I, I love them. They're amazing people. They have amazing strengths, but they also have weaknesses and they're, you know, they fight with each other and um, they're, they're consistently late and they know how to push my hot buttons. Um, 
in fact, in the book, one of the sort of initial stories is um, a story of uh, myself with my son, Nick, when he was eight and he got his first bike. And we asked him, when you finish with your bike, we'd set a little sort of a spot to the side of the house. And we said, when you finish riding your bike, you know, please put it in this particular spot that we've made for you. And uh, But he was eight. And so what he heard us say was, when you finish with your bike, you know, you can just dump it at the front door and mum and dad will put it away for you. Um, and he was really good at following those particular instructions. Uh, and so there's this moment of, okay, so I'm a, I'm a qualified psychologist. I've been a psychologist for two decades. I've been a university researcher for two decades. I'm an expert in positive psychology. I research strength-based parenting. But in this moment where I drive into the driveway and Nick's bike is sitting in the front door, <laughs> How do I fall on strengths in that moment? And so this is this idea of the strengths, which is um, what I what I did in that moment was I I literally kind of pictured like an electricity switch, an on-off switch inside of my head. And I told myself a strength-based parent would go into the house and would look first for the good behavior and the good qualities in Nick before I launch into him about the bike and now in previous evenings I hadn't done that I'd just gone straight for the bike Um, and it hadn't ended well both of us felt bad and it didn't change his behavior his his bike was still at the front door so this this metaphor of the strength switch is that it's like a little mental tool um, a circuit breaker if you like where when you're in that moment of tension just to give yourself a little pause is to imagine this light switch inside your head and imagine flicking it on Um, And every time you flick it on, it's like a little, it's like you're reaching inside your head and sort of giving yourself a little wake up pinch and saying, hey, look first for the strength, first for the strength. Um, In the situation with Nick, what I was able to do was to go in and recognize that he's very affectionate and recognize that he had put his lunchbox away and he had put his school shoes away, which the school shoes were the previous bike issue that had been going on for months. <laughs> but because I flicked my strength switch, I was able to go in and see some good behavior first before I focused on the bike. And I was able to talk to Nick about, you know, thank you for putting your lunchbox away. Thank you for putting your shoes away. You're really developing good habits. You're really getting yourself organized. So how about we use this new skill of being organized to help you put your bike away? You're not avoiding and that's I, that's a really important point that I haven't made yet that you know I really would like to make and that is you know when you take a strength-based approach it's not about ignoring the weakness it's not about avoiding the weak spots it's not about letting your child get away with everything it's just it's a shift in emphasis so you focus first on the good qualities before you address the weakness before you address the problem behavior and it's such a small shift but it makes a huge difference in you're in preserving your relationship with your children because they know that first and foremost you're seeing the good in them, then a sort of unexpected benefit of it is that you can end up having more conversations with your children about the areas of improvement, so to speak, about their weak spots, about the things that need to be improved, about the problem behaviour, because they're less defensive, because they know that first and foremost you're seeing the good in them. And and do they end up being very proud of the fact, like, the next time he does put his bike away and he understands how much it means to you and how important it is, do they then feel better about themselves? Absolutely. And um, they – it's very empowering for them because, as I said earlier, they start to learn that they can engage in this – 
good behaviour, effective behaviour, successful behaviour, behaviour that works for them and the family, not because they're being nagged by their parents, but because they've got some sort of internal resource or strength or asset that they can draw on that allows them to do that. What I've also seen in the work that um, I've done with families is that when you start to take this strength-based approach and everyone in the family understands that you know each of us have these unique strengths, they become a, a way of contributing to the family. And so you have, um, I've got a friend of mine whose son has just this phenomenal memory and attention to detail. And so whenever she goes to the store and she has to park her car in a multi-story building, she always, it's her son who remembers where it is. And so that's <laughs> just a little thing but it's her playing to his strength and he has this great sense of pride that he can contribute in that way she doesn't have to worry about where she parked the car because Finn will always remember um, so you start to bring in this idea of everyone has strengths and they they can contribute those strengths to the family you might have a, a child who's very organized who helps get the their siblings um, school bags ready you might have a, a child who's got great creativity skills, lots of zest, really like kind of the party planner of the family. So whenever you're you're having a party, you would get that particular child to help plan the party. And it, so it's a, it is a sense of pride because, I mean, that's the ultimate thing about strengths, I think, is that the first level of strengths is being self-aware. These, this is who I am as a person. These are my strengths. These are my weaknesses. And that gets back to your, your earlier point, um, Paula, about, you know, as parents, we often don't understand strengths. We don't know what they are. Um, I want to offer to parents that, that on my website, the Strength Switch website, I've got a whole bunch of free resources to start to help parents understand strengths and how to use them. And one of the resources is a strengths library. It has over 100 strengths descriptions and definitions of the strengths that psychology scientists have identified, measured, defined, um, and coded. Uh, and one of the exercises that I invite parents to do is just to download that list, that library of strengths and to go through it and just intuitively pick out when you see a strength that you think your child has or your children have and just circle that. Then download the list a second time and go through and pick out what your strengths are. That's a really important part of strength-based parenting is not only helping your child to see and build their strengths, helping them to make the most of their good qualities, but doing the same for yourself. And what we know, what the research has shown us around uh, using our strengths is that when we do use our strengths, strengths are things that we perform well in, but they're also things that we enjoy doing and give us energy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is where this, this part of strength-based parenting of teaching yourself as a parent, look, what are my strengths? How can I bring them into the parenting role? Because the more you play to your strengths in your role as a parent, the better you do, the more enjoyable it is the more energized you are. Well, one thing that, that strikes me is as you learn to use the strength switch, this is going to spill over into other areas of your life. Is that not yeah. correct? Like I can just see where if you start doing this with a child, won't you also then start doing it with coworkers and start doing it in your daily interactions with other people? Yeah, and I love that you've you've mentioned that. And that's been um, that that's what it been one of the things it's been the most consistent uh, finding of mine in terms of the work I do because as you mentioned earlier I mean I do a lot of this work with teachers in schools and and funnily enough it's it's a little bit of how the book came about in the first place there are a couple of reasons why I wrote the book you know one is I'm a parent myself and I was using a lot of this science to 
uh, raised Nicholas and Emily and seeing great benefit um, and wanting to be able to share this with other families. But another uh, kind of trigger or impetus for the book was the work I was doing with schools and particularly in training teachers and training the teachers for how to do this for their students. But all of the teachers, particularly the parents coming back and saying, you know what, I once you start to work with strengths, once, once you start to use your own strengths and you start to re-pattern your brain so that you can see and build the strengths in their students, they were just saying, this is spilling over into the home. I'm using this with my husband. I'm using this with my wife. I'm using this with my children. I'm using this in my friendship issues. I'm using this in other work domains. And so you do see this lovely uh, spillover effect. And I think it's because we're repatterning the brain. Um, and you see it in the kids too, that the, the, once your children start to understand that they have strengths and they want to play to their strengths, they start to see other people through the lens of strength. They start to see their friends, their teachers, their parents through the lens of strength. And it's such an important glue for our building relationships. Well, then how does that change the family dynamic when you get everyone firing on the same cylinders and even mm-hmm. though you're still going to have conflict and you still have problems, you've got this whole different approach to yeah. resolving them. So how does that family dynamic change? It, it changes in a number of ways. I think, um, as I mentioned earlier, when you put your emphasis first on strengths, and that's not to ignore the weaknesses, but if your your emphasis is first on strengths, you're starting with your whole family at their best. You know, you're operating at, at your best much more frequently um, and operating at that, that kind of highest level um, of strengths, personality traits, talents. But then in those moments where you do need to focus on the weak spot, you do need to, to discipline your children, for example, it changes, it changes the flavor of the way that you would do that. Um, and so instead of looking at your children and sort of, I mean, you're absolutely allowed to get frustrated, exasperated, angry. I still do uh, all of those things. That's that's a normal human response, permission to be human. Uh, you don't have to be perfect <laughs> as, as a strength-based parent. Um, you just have to be present. So have those those initial reactions. But then instead of thinking this child is bad, this child is trying to be naughty, it's just uh, come from an assumption that most of us, most of the time, want to be good people. And we want to be able to bring our strengths into a situation. So if you're seeing negative behavior, then it may be that it's because a strength is being thwarted or a strength is being overused or a strength is being underused. And so coming into that disciplinary conversation, not from a blame or shame response, but more from a curiosity about, look, you know, I've seen that you're doing this. It's puzzling me. And I'm just wondering what strength do you think is missing in this moment? What strength... If you brought a strength in, how would this change the situation? Do you want me to give you a concrete example of that, Paula? That would be great because this this mm-hmm. sounds like such. I, I bet there are parents who are like, "Please tell me how. Tell me more. Uh, tell me how this yeah. will work." Mm. Okay, so I mean, you you have a situation where you can overplay a strength and uh, get yourself into trouble. Um, my husband really is very funny. He's that that is one of his core strengths. It's been with him ever since he was little. Um, It's one of the reasons I fell in love with him. It's one of the reasons I'm still married to him 26 years later. He's just a really funny guy, but he can overplay that. Um, And when he does, it's no longer funny. You know, it it can be a little bit inappropriate. Um, And he tells me that when he was in school, he got in trouble a lot because he was overplaying his humor. He was being the class clown. And the teachers were interpreting that as, 
you know, him not showing them respect. So in that situation, he was his behaviour was naughty, um, not so much because it was coming from a bad place, but because he was he was overplaying a particular strength. And so this is you know coming at that in that example instead of coming down on the student or your son or your daughter in saying you're being naughty, why are you always doing that? It's just to say, you know, one of the things I love about you is your humor. You're just naturally funny and you bring it in. It makes such a difference in so many situations. But I see that when you overplay your humor, it's causing offense to people. It's interrupting people. You know, it's not working well for you in this situation. So it's Mm -hmm. a very different kind of conversation by taking a strength-based approach. You know, it might also be that there's an underuse of a strength. Um, so let's go back to that. Well, let's use the you know, classic example of your kids fighting with each other. Um, and, you know, our natural response is to we get stressed, we escalate, we say, stop fighting, why are you always fighting? <laughs> um, I'm sick of this, is to just take that pause and say, you know what, guys, something's missing here. Like, where's your kindness you know, where's your fairness? Yesterday I saw you cooperating so well. I think we're underplaying that at the moment. Let's bring this forward into this situation and see if it can make a difference. Wow. Does that diffuse it immediately? Because it seems like it would take so much steam out of the, the intensity that's, that's going on at that moment. It absolutely does um, for a couple of reasons. Firstly, as a parent in that moment, you can see a solution. So, I mean, when, we, when we're always telling our kids what not to do, don't fight, don't be messy, then uh, we're not. We're just stopping bad behaviour. We're not actually providing a pathway forward. But when you take a strength-based approach, you're doing both. You're saying this current behaviour is not what we want, but I'm I'm showing you how to get out of this. I'm showing you a way forward. So from a parent's perspective, it gives you a great sense of confidence. It diffuses things with the with your children because you have just taken shame. You've taken guilt and shame out of the situation immediately. You're not saying you're a bad person. You're at fault. You're just saying you have this in a resource and you've forgotten to use it. And so it's, a, it's a, a much more generative approach for both people in that situation. I do have to say, honestly, though, um, there, there are moments where your kids just won't want you to be strength-based, and that's the reality <laughs> of it. You know, this situation, that, that approach works most times. But, yeah, I don't want to false advertise and say this strength-based approach is the cure to everything. It's not. It's a... It's a it's a really um, important way to change the dynamics of the family, to change the way you see yourself, to change the levels of resilience and optimism in your children. But it's not a cure-all. And there are absolutely times where you won't have the patience to, to have that strength-based conversation, or you do, and your kids will reject it. You know, they'll be like, Mom, I don't want to talk about strengths right now. I'm angry. I'm upset. You know, can we just focus on the problem? And that's okay too. Never force it. Just invite it. That's fantastic. Leah, this is such wonderful stuff. And we could talk for about 20 hours and have (laughs) have a caller's uh, hotline. And I'm sure we'd stay busy the whole time. Yes. Since we're recorded, we can't do that. Um, We do. We're going to give our listeners information about your website and where they can find your book. But as we leave them, what are two things that our listeners can start doing today to begin implementing strength-based parenting? Great question. Okay, so first thing is bring strengths into the questions you ask your children. Um, instead of asking your children how was school today, ask them what strengths did you use at school today. 
you know, if they've got a, a big project or an assignment coming up, bring strengths into your question. You know, we would say, well, what do you need to get ready? What's your timeline? Let's set out a timeline. What resources do you need? Just add that strengths question. What strengths do you think will help you to do well in this project or to do well in this upcoming event? So that's the first thing, very simple, to start to bring strengths into the questions you're asking your children. Um, the second thing I, is a little bit more sort of introspective on behalf of the parents, but it's getting back to the questions you ask yourself rather than the questions you ask your children. And like I said, when you see good behaviour, when you see your children thriving and doing well, just asking yourself the question, what is the strength that is sitting underneath this? And when you see the bad behaviour, ask yourself the question, what is the strength that is missing here? That's fantastic. Leah, it is It is always a pleasure to uh, learn from you. And I really appreciate you taking time with Thank us you. today. Because this is such valuable information for parents and aunts and you know, whatever uh, interaction we have yes. with our children. I think it's so crucial. Anyone. Yes, yeah, anyone. It's not just, this isn't just for parents. In the, in the book, I talk about strength helpers and how it is that you can be a strength helper in any domain of your life in, in helping all of the people that you care for and interact with, regardless of the role, see the best in themselves um, and amplify their and play to their own strengths. And if you would like to learn more about strengths-based parenting or Lee Waters or all the fun stuff she's got going on, you can do so by going to livehappynow.com. And while you're online, please let us know what you thought of this episode or any episode in the past or even the radio show or the magazine. We just want to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter at livehappy, facebook.com slash livehappy, or you can send us an email, podcast at livehappy.com. As we wrap up another edition, we want to thank you for being a part of things and helping us to live happy.